What's up, good people all across the world? This is the Dripping in Black podcast. I am your host, David V. Lewis. Per usual, we have another fantastic guest with whom we're going to get into a great conversation. And so without further ado, Miss Lawrence Hicks, Miss Lauren Hicks, introduce yes. yourself to the world. Say hello to the world. Hello, Dripping in Black. I am Lauren Hicks coming to you live from Southfield, Michigan. I am a fashion designer and I'm also the founder of Michigan Fashion Week. And I'm happy to be here with you, David. So I, I can't wait to hear what we're going to talk about. Okay, well, let's begin with you. Who is Lauren Hicks? Lauren Hicks, I was born and raised in Southfield, Michigan. I am a PK. That means my dad is a pastor. So I am a preacher's kid. So I grew up in the church community, in the Christian community. I went to Southfield Christian School. Wow. And yeah, in, in high school from there, I went to Grand Valley State University. And um, when I was young, I always wanted to be a doctor. And then I had a internship with the doctor for six weeks. And by that third day of that six week internship, I said, oh my gosh, I cannot do blood. <laughs> I cannot do the hospital. I don't know what happened to me, but I knew from that point, I didn't want to be a doctor. So I went to school and I have a degree in statistics. Um, but after I got my degree, I found out that that wasn't my passion. <laughs> I, I hadn't found my passion yet. Okay. So I'm on this awesome journey right now, um, discovering my passion and really living for myself and for my family. And that's what I encourage everyone to do. So that's what I'm doing right now. Okay, great. Uh, so it's a few things I want to uh, clear up because we're going across the world. So uh, most people think of Michigan, they think of Detroit. And you said you were born and raised in Southfield. So kind of give the world, what's, what, what is Southfield? Uh, to Michigan as relative to Detroit. So whenever I travel somewhere, people are like, oh, where are you from? Where are you from? And I always say Southfield. And they say, where's Southfield? I'm like, it's a suburb of Detroit. <laughs> so we are not Detroit, but I, I, I never lived in the city. Um, but, you know, I have family and stuff in the city. But no, I've lived in Southfield my entire life, except when I went away from school. And actually, I lived in Dallas for about a year and a half after college. But Southfield is just my home. I know where all the streets are. I know where everything is at in Southfield. But if you take me to Detroit, I don't know if I can tell you the same thing. But <laughs> Southfield is just it's just a cool city. It's a small town. Um, and everyone who's from Southfield, it's like we all kind of have something in common. We don't know what, but we're just from Southfield. <laughs> mm -hmm. Okay, good. Thanks for clearing that up. And then you said PK. <laughs> so, you know, a lot of our audience will know what a PK is, but break that down for the broader audience. So a PK is a preacher's kid. So my dad was a pastor. My mom was the co-pastor. Um, we were at church all day Sunday on Wednesday night. Um, church was just my life. So I had an awesome upbringing in the church. I still attend the same church now. Wow. But church is a huge part of my life. And I encourage everyone, if you're not in church, find a church and, and get right with Jesus. <laughs> all right. Okay. And so let's get into the story of your career then. So uh, started off thinking doctor, uh, no, and then uh, went into statistics and then uh, no, not so much. And so what, what do you do? So my whole life, I always had a passion for fashion. And I think when, um, you know, when you're younger 
and you know your parents and stuff are asking you what do you want to be you either want to be a doctor a lawyer a teacher it was never fashion or never in that kind of arena that you know the arts are really not encouraged uh amongst the children right now um so I think that I kind of always push that passion kind of push it away because it's just like oh you know that's just a fancy hobby just a fun hobby just expensive hobby but later on in life once you kind of start living life and seeing just the different types of careers um I was always really big on entrepreneurship my dad taught me from a long time whatever you do you must have your own business. So entrepreneurship was just instilled in me as a little girl. And um, just as I got older, um, I always had a love for fashion, but didn't know why I love fashion so much or what I could make of fashion. So as I got older, I started after I got my degree, I started taking sewing classes, started taking design classes and really started getting familiar with the fashion and design industry. And it's a big industry. It's a yeah. multi-billion dollar industry. Yeah. And um, from knowing that and kind of just working your way through the different obstacles it is and kind of being a creative, I was able to really kind of nail it down to being a fashion designer and creating clothes. So it took me a long time to discover what exactly I wanted to do with that passion. But you you just got to, you know, go on that journey and find it. Okay, great. So uh, fashion designer, entrepreneur. Yes. Right. Tell us a little bit yes. about your um, your start, your start in the fashion design industry, uh, going to some maybe the positions you began with and, uh, you know, lead up to where, what you're doing right now. So um, I started off as a designer. Like I said, I took um, some design courses. And as I was creating just like my clothing and stuff here in Michigan, we are not really big on having a. um uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Having an expose or a, a outlet for fashion. You know, we're here in Detroit. We're fashionable. We're getting. We know we're we're kind of we're kind of popping in Detroit. We're we're kind of more fashion for. Yeah, we're we're more fashion. We're dripping in black Chicago. in Detroit. We're dripping in black. <laughs> but there's really it really wasn't any kind of outlet for someone like me who loves fashion. You know, it's only so much going out you can do. But it's just like we need something bigger. Yeah. here in Detroit in regards to fashion. So um, a friend of mine back in 2012, we came up with an idea of Michigan Fashion Week. You know, there's a New York Fashion Week, there's a London Fashion Week, there's a Paris Fashion Week. Mm-hmm. We here in Michigan are just as popping as all these other places around here. So why can't we have our own Fashion Week? Yes. You know, why someone who loves clothes and loves fashion, why do they have to go to New York to enjoy Fashion Week? Why do they have to go to Miami? Right. We could do it right here in Michigan. We have enough swag. We have enough talent. We have enough uh, energy that we can make the Fashion Week happen right here. And that's what we did. So uh, we're now in the eighth year of our Fashion Week. And it's a large fashion show with um, other events that gear up to it. We have over a thousand people mm-hmm. at the Fashion Week. And what we really aim to do is to just kind of just massage the creatives that's here in Detroit, you know, and encourage them to stay here in Michigan. And, you know, we get designers from Lansing, we get them from all over the state. And our biggest goal is just stay in Michigan. You know, you don't have to go across the world in order to show off what you can do. Yeah. Wow. I mean, uh, so inspiring, um, all of what you said there. And I'm thinking about, you know, somebody that has the confidence to say, not just the Southfield Fashion Week, but I'm going to do the Michigan Fashion Week 
And it's going to be on the level of New York and London. Uh, you don't have to leave here to have that experience. So, uh, wow, I just think that's, uh, that's something I wanted to encapsulate there. But let's talk about the uh, challenges that, you know, you have this idea of a fashion week. What are some of the challenges that you encountered and then were able to overcome? Oh, that is a good question. Where do I begin? You know, you know, one of the biggest challenges is definitely funding for a startup business when you have a dream of making it really big funding. So um, getting on the ground, hitting the payment, getting sponsors, getting people to buy into your business. That was a really, uh, a really big step we had to take when we first started it. Um, so that was a real big obstacle right now. We're, we're doing way better than we were, you know, eight years ago, but for any young new entrepreneur, just getting the business off the ground was a challenge itself. You know, getting the website built, getting people involved, having the right people on your team. Yeah. Um, those are all major challenges that can come with any business that you start and especially something that you want to grow and get bigger. So there's all types of obstacles that we encountered, but it's all how you look at them, how you deal with them, how you respond to them. Yeah is going to show uh, how you can get over the obstacle or through the obstacle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, I'm, I'm an educator by trade. So when you say pound the pavement, you know, this is a phrase we hear all the time, but what does that look like in somebody who's trying to create a fashion week? So pound the pavement, that means just like put in the hard work. I think so many times Um, we are not told how much hard work it takes to pull off different things. And so pounding the payment to me is making cold calls, you know, make sending out cold emails to people you don't even know, putting yourself out there, Um, staying up at night, working on something where, you know, most of the people are asleep, but you know, you want to get it done. You got to get it done. And just putting that little bit of extra work in that most people don't want to go in or don't want to do. I know for Michigan Fashion Week, when we first started back in 2012, when I say pound the pavement, I would literally walk into a <laughs> store with my bag or a flyer and talk to say, you know what, is there a manager I can speak with? Yeah. Or um, who can I talk to? I remember me and one of the ladies that worked with me with our PR, we were in Royal Oak going from walking the grounds, going from one store to one store to one store, just getting people involved here, you know, spreading the word. And it took a lot, you know, we, yeah. we were busy women. We had other stuff to do, yeah. but to really carve out that time, carve out that time. And we were walking that concrete, walking that concrete, going from store to store, trying to find our answer and trying to find support. So that's what I mean by pounding the pavement. Yeah. <laughs> Literally pounding, the Literally pavement. <laughs> pounding the pavement. And I think you have to put in that hard work. Because if you don't put in that hard work, it's not going to, you're not going to get the results you want. All right. Yeah. So again, very inspiring. Um, And going to your website and learning a little bit more about you. I learned about this mission you have, which I find very inspiring as well. So tell the world about your mission. So uh, along with Michigan Fashion Week, I'm also a uh, personal image consulting. So I help women uh, find the look that they're looking for. Um, I design clothes, I sell clothes. And so one of my missions is to um, make women, real women look and feel their very best. So I am a mom, I am a wife, I am a working woman. And so my heart is definitely geared towards women to women 
um, to just make them, you know, feel good. Because once a woman feels good, they're a better mother, they're a better wife, they're a be better businesswoman. And that is just my mission. No matter what stage you are in life as a woman, you can feel and look your very best. Oh, yeah. Wow, 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 wow. All right. So we've talked quite a bit about fashion and um, your passion for that. Are there any other passions that uh, that you have? Oh, that's a good question. Um, I have a passion for, I think, just the um, just the younger generation. I have a passion that they will learn and they will become their very best. Uh, they are facing way more obstacles than I had ever would have imagined that I would ever face at the age, you know, at younger age. But I have a passion for just the younger generation that they learn themselves, that they won't be influenced by social media, that they won't, you know, measure yeah. them, themselves up by Instagram. Yeah. So another program that I do is going to some of the schools and um, either if I, I had an after school program, but since the COVID, everything's been kind of crazy, but just you know, finding out what their passion is at this age and just kind of encouraging them to live that passion. You know, it's awesome if you have a goal of being a basketball player, but what's your second, what's your second passion, you yeah. know? So uh, that's, that's my, um, that's where my heart is to the younger people. Yeah. And so you touched on a thing where I was headed next, uh, this COVID-19. <laughs> <laughs> Talk a little bit about, um, you know, how it's impacted you. Interesting. I know uh, uh, someone that I listen to just like encouraging. I listen to all types of different stuff all on YouTube. They said that change, the only thing that's guaranteed is change. Yes. And so with the COVID, everything has changed. Everything in the whole wide world has changed. Yeah. So it's unfortunate that it's the condition that it's in where people are dying and stuff. That's really sad. I pray for all the families. I even was affected by a couple of family members and a couple of church members, close family friends. But in this time, I have really um, dove into stuff that I know I didn't have time for before. Now we don't have any excuse. You cannot <laughs> use an excuse that you don't have time because everyone, especially when we were on lockdown, had all the time in the world. Yes. So I think that it's up to us to really maximize this time. If you are not getting it done and during the lockdown of COVID-19, I don't know when you will get it yeah. done. <laughs> so um, it, it's, you know, it's unfortunate, but um, it's, it's, it's working for me. You know, the time I have to spend with my kids, the time I have with my husband, the time I can just really focus on my business, it is working for me. So I encourage everyone to invent something new, do something new, try something new during this time. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So. We talked uh, about you finding your passion in terms of fashion. Um, we talked about some of the challenges and obstacles that you had to overcome. Let's talk a little bit about some of the successes that you've had uh, in your eight. Is, is, is it eight years that you? Yeah, eight you years. Yep, I've done it for eight years. Give us a little glimpse of some of the successes you've had. Awesome. So, um... With Michigan Fashion Week, I've, I've won a numerous amount of awards. I won a, an awards with Crane's Business. I won an award with Michigan Chronicle. Um, we've been featured on Fox 2 News. We've been featured on Channel 4 News. We've been featured on the Word Network. We've been featured in Our Magazine. We've been featured in Scene Magazine. And just the doors that it's open for me, I was, uh, I was able to get my designs in the Detroit Institute of Arts. 
I've worked wow. with the Gucci, yeah, the Gucci Change Gucci Change Makers is a nonprofit program that Gucci puts on. They were able to come to Detroit and help some designers here in Detroit. So it's just, you know, sometimes as entrepreneurs, you can get discouraged by all this years of hard work that you put in. But my, I want to encourage you to just keep on putting in the hard work. When people see my success now, it did not come easy at all. Nothing about it came easy. And so when people say, oh, I want to be like you, I want to be like that's fine, but you got to put in the work now and yeah. don't expect the overnight success. You know, we've been working hard since 2012. I can't tell you how many no's I've gotten, <laughs> but um, just keep on trucking. And uh, we've just had some opportunities to work with Macy's, work with Nordstrom's. So I, I cannot, I cannot complain. We've got, guy has been good, but I have also put in the work for it. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I think that is a, um, an essential uh, part of our mm-hmm. stories, right, is uh, first of all, finding your passion. Right? Exactly. That's huge. Um, you've had some other careers that you were headed in and uh, people would look at it and say, wow, that's a great career. But it, they weren't quite <laughs> your your passions, right? So you find exactly. your passion exactly. and you're, you're putting forth all the effort that it takes to make that passion come into a reality. Right. And uh, it's a great lesson. Even when I say that, I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't want people to get confused with quit their job to go after their passion. So don't do, don't, don't think I'm telling you to do that. No, do not do that. You work your job until you have enough revenue in your other business to quit that job. Do not just quit your job and say, I'm going to be an entrepreneur now. So I'm going to do, no, you still got to make the transition. You still have to make sure that it's right. So I don't want people to get that confused that I'm saying, quit your job and go after your passion. No. <laughs> It takes planning. It takes preparation. So just just make sure you note that. Okay. Well, great. Uh, <laughs> we're clearing that up. Nobody should be confused yes. about what Nobody we're trying to say here. Right. Exactly. Yep. So great, great, great. So what what's next for Lauren Hicks? Yes. What's next? So yes, it always has to be something next. So, you know, since we had that whole six months of shutdown, I was working on my line. So I have my fall winter line 2020 coming out in the next couple of weeks. So that's what's next. Also with Michigan Fashion Week, um, every February we have the Fashion Week. So just depending on what's going on with COVID, we'll, we'll determine if we're going to have an in-person uh, Fashion Week or not. So for Fashion Week, we bring out thousands or so people. So I just want to make sure that it's safe for everyone, that everyone will feel comfortable. So that will determine kind of like what the status is of the um, of the world, if we're going to have it or not in February. Yeah, it's a real uh, concern. Everything we have to think about, we have to take COVID in consideration, right? Exactly, exactly. So just a couple more things for me. I like to ask this question. If you had one wish that could be answered, uh, what would that wish be to kind of take everything that you're trying to do to the next level? Oh my goodness. No one has ever asked me that. And I have never thought about it. If I had one wish, what would I wish for to take me to the next level? What would take me to the next level if I had one wish would be a warehouse. That will take me to a next level. A big 5,000 square foot warehouse 
where I can have big, huge fashion shows whenever I want to, where I can have photo shoots, big, huge photo shoots, um, where I can house students and teach them how to sew. That would be my one wish. And that would definitely take my business to the next level. <laughs> Excellent. And so uh, I think I got one more question, but before I get to that, I want to give you an opportunity to, to share any social media that you want to give out to the world, people that uh, may want to reach out to you. Yes. So you can just catch me on Instagram, the Lauren D. Hicks. I'm on Facebook, Lauren Hicks. Um, if you want to shop my line, it's just shop Lojo. And all those links are right on my website. You can go to www.laurendhicks.com. Um, also, Michigan Fashion Week is spelled out, michiganfashionweek.com. Uh, you can go ahead and log on to our website and sign up for Eat with Fashion Week and everything we have going on there. And also on Instagram is NIMI Fashion Week. And on Facebook is Michigan Fashion Week. And also, um, you know, I did Twitter back in, well, kind of left Twitter, but I'm coming back on Twitter. I kind of like the Twitter. I don't know what I was missing out on. So <laughs> if you are a tweeter, you can uh, tweet me, Lauren Danielle, or Michigan Fashion Week on Twitter. So hopefully you caught all that, but it's just simple. If you just remember me, Lauren Hicks, you could probably even shoot that into your Google bar and something will come up. So catch me on, find me and follow me on social media. I am a follow backer. So definitely follow me. <laughs> all right. And we will definitely uh, put that in our show notes so people can access awesome. Perfect. that. All right. So we get to the most important question uh -oh, uh -oh. that we ask here at Dripping Black, and that is... How many magazine covers have you been on <laughs> on the face been the face of? I have not personally been on a magazine cover. My designs have been on a magazine cover. I've been in magazines, but I have not got to grace the cover yet. <laughs> well, you have yeah, not. I appreciate that. I want because that. <laughs> what we do for our guests of the Dripping in Black podcast. Uh, all of our guests get placed on a Dripping in Black magazine. So there's a first for Where you. Where did he even get that picture from? <laughs> uh, that's all the work of the behind the scenes partner of mine, Sean Smith. That's where he does that kind of work. And uh, he was a little intimidated with, uh, putting a fashion model on a magazine. If he was doubting his own <laughs> skill set, and I said, "You got this, man." Well, there you are. That is definitely going to be a parting I gift for you, Miss Lauren that. Hicks, for coming out and gracing uh, us with your presence. And thank you, what you guys are doing with the dripping in black and encouraging people. I mean, you guys are awesome. You guys are fun. So thank you for just having this outlet for people like me. I definitely appreciate it. Yeah, thank you for coming out. Uh, we want to tell everybody else to stay tuned. Uh, we have one final segment called The Last Drip. That will be coming up shortly. But our thanks again to Ms. Lauren Hicks. All right. Thanks, David. We'll see you soon. Up next, The Last Drip. But first, a message from Anchor. Dripping in Black thanks to the beautiful and talented Miss Lauren Hicks. Her energy and passion are infectious. 
uh, such a warm, loving, and fun spirit to be around and interview. However, we have reached the final segment in our podcast called The Last Drip. The Last Drip is our last opportunity to squeeze in and drip more of Black excellence before we leave you. We do this by tapping into a common thread between our guests and our vast African-American history. For this episode, we learn about Elizabeth Keckley. Keckley was born in 1818 as a slave in Virginia. At an early age, her mother would teach her the valuable skill of dressmaking. Throughout her years, teenage years, and into her 20s, of course, uh, Keckley would face a lot of evils uh, in America at the time, you know how it was, especially for black women. Uh, one of those evils was she was raped by a white man in her early 20s. From this rape, she gave birth to her son, George. In 1855, she used her earnings as a seamstress to purchase her and her son's freedom and moved to D.C. By 1860, her skills as a dressmaker led her to being commissioned by several leading women in the D.C. area, including Verena Davis, the wife of Jefferson Davis, who would become the president of the Confederate States of America. On March 5th, 1861, the day after her husband Abraham Lincoln's presidential inauguration, Mary Todd Lincoln hired Elizabeth Keckley to be her personal seamstress. In the spring and summer of 1861, Keckley made 15 dresses for Mary Todd and more notably had become a friend and confidant to the First Lady. In 1861, Keckley's son, George, died in battle as a soldier for the Union Army in the Civil War. By 1865, Keckley had built a profitable, large-scale business which employed 25 seamstresses. Our guest, Ms. Lauren Hicks, talked about how nowadays we view fashion as an art or even an expensive hobby. For Keckley, fashion was the pathway to her freedom and economic independence. Along with her work in fashion, Elizabeth Keckley was an activist for formerly enslaved African Americans. In 1862, Keckley founded the Contraband Relief Organization, which was created to support Blacks who had recently migrated to the D.C. area. She worked alongside Frederick Douglass and collected funds to support these newly freed Blacks who lacked some of the basic necessities. I am confident many of you have already heard of Frederick Douglass or Abraham Lincoln, and perhaps you've even heard of Mary Todd Lincoln or even Jefferson Davis. However, the focus of this episode's last trip is Elizabeth Keckley, who leveraged her skill as a fashion pioneer to purchase her own freedom, garner acclaim and respect, and provide support for those in need. My thanks to fashionhistory.fitnyc.edu as well as loc.gov for the knowledge. And as always, I implore you to get up on your Black history. It is vast, it is rich, and it is available if you want it. And as always, I implore you to be good, be good, be good. It is a choice. You have just experienced 
a Dripping in Black production.